Hi everyone. Welcome to the second episode of World of Wallace and Gromit, the podcast. If you enjoy them, do subscribe and any feedback you leave in the comments will be gratefully received. In the previous episode, we talked about the origins of Wallace and Gromit and their creator, Nick Park. So this week, we'll be looking at their very first film, A Grand Day Out, the ideas behind it and what it came to be. Hope you enjoy. Picture the scene. Holiday and travel magazines scattered all over the floor of a florally wallpapered sitting room with faded red curtains. An intelligent dog is reading a book whilst a bald man with a big mouth and sticky out ears sitting on a sofa spins a globe with a despondent sigh of indecision. Following the opening credits, this is the first glimpse of Wallace and Gromit in their home at 62 West Wallaby Street that we get full of charm and detail. Soon, Wallace discovers that whilst the cupboard is full of crackers, and I mean very full, they have run out of cheese. What a disaster for a man who can't live without the stuff. Not even the brochure for cheese holidays offers a solution to a speedy replenishment of the dairy delight. But wait, thinks Wallace, as he gazes wistfully out the window at the moon and the night sky. The solution was right there. Now just to build a rocket, fly to the moon and go and get it. The red brick terraced house with a well-kept garden that they live in also contains a massive basement, perfect for building your own rocket in. After a wonderfully animated construction sequence, he has his rocket. Bright orange with lots of rivets on the outside, comfortably furnished on the inside, of course. Despite almost forgetting the crackers and only just remembering the handbrake, they make it to the moon in one piece, ready to sample the moon's cheesy offerings. I won't spoil the rest of the story, but it's safe to say that a protective robot cooker character living on the moon ensures things don't quite go as smoothly as expected. What I particularly love about this film is the fact that the extraordinary seems perfectly normal in a wonderful way. Need some cheese? Why not build a rocket and go get some from the biggest block of cheese around? The attention to little details and comic timing is also fantastic. The playing card tower that Gromit builds on the journey, which only falls down when the handbrake gets put on, when they land on the moon, despite the many shakes and bumps of the journey. The mice whipping out their sunglasses in the basement to watch the rocket take off without getting blinded. The comic drama of forgetting the crackers when your rocket countdown has begun. The skill of the animator can also really be seen in the ability to create such emotion and develop character depth of a coin-operated cooker robot whilst maintaining its form as a rectangular tin box with limited humanistic features. Also, the fact that the only speech elements in the whole film come from one man, but you never feel as though it needs more. These aspects are part of what makes this film so special and unique in its charm. The first public screening of A Grand Day Out was on the 4th of November 1989 at the Bristol Animation Festival, where it was received enthusiastically. However, it wasn't until Christmas Eve 1990 that it made television screens premiering on Channel 4. This was a piece of animation quite unlike what people were used to. A short film with a plot and multiple levels of humour, 
made with clever lighting and props, and suitable for the whole family. The fact that it looks homemade, you can see the fingerprints in the plasticine, which give it a worked look, a craftsmanship. It doesn't look perfect, and it was this that was one of the main factors attracting people to it. The association with Wallace and Gromit and Christmas still stands today, as you can always find one or more of the duo's adventure broadcast on multiple channels around Christmas time, so they have continued to be popular even 30 years later. As mentioned in the last episode, the film was Wallace and Gromit creator Nick Park's final year project of film school, and when it was clear he would not be able to complete the film within a realistic time frame, Nick was helped to finish his film by Aardman in return for his contribution to their projects as a full-time animator at the company. Originally filming all the material he had written would have set the film to run at almost 40 minutes, but Nick was persuaded by Aardman co-founders Peter Lord and David Sproxton to make cuts to bring it to a more sensible 23 minutes. One of the cut sequences involved Wallace and Gromit discovering a fast food restaurant on the moon, and another where Wallace gets thrown into prison and Gromit would have to get him out. There was originally going to be lots of other alien characters too. I would have loved to have seen the storyboards for that. I wonder if they still have them. Did you also know that when they were filming the scene where Gromit welds the rocket together, the sparkler used to create the special effects caused the set to catch fire and melted Gromit's nozzle before they managed to put it out? In the film, Wallace is voiced by the late Peter Salas, who also played Norman Clegg in Last of the Summer Wine, among other things. As a student at film school, Nick wrote to Salas asking if he would voice Wallace for his film. Despite not being brought up in Yorkshire, his character on Last of the Summer Wine was Northern, so when Nick needed a voice for his mild-mannered Northern character, Salas was his first and only choice. Much to Nick's surprise, Salas kindly agreed for a £50 donation to his favourite charity. Seven years after recording The Voice, Nick phoned up Salas to say that he'd finished the film, and it took Peter Salas a few seconds to remember that he'd actually done voice work for this film. Salas was such a big influence on Wallace's character that the way he elongated the pronunciation of cheese inspired Nick to extend Wallace's mouth to the coat hanger shape we know today. That's it, cheese. We'll go somewhere where there's cheese. At the same time as finishing A Grand Day Out, Nick was also working on another project at Aardman, Creature Comforts, and both films were nominated for Best Short Animation in the television category of the BAFTAs in March 1990. Nick attended the awards in London's Grosvenor House Hotel on Park Lane and found the whole experience thrilling. That night, a grand day out won, bringing justifiable delight to Nick and all his colleagues at Aardman. It didn't stop there, though. Several months later, both short films were again nominated, but for the Academy Awards this time. It was a big deal to have one nomination, let alone two in this category of animated short film, so the animators at Aardman were amazed when not only were they nominated, but won the Oscar. In the end, it was Creature Comforts that pipped a grand day out and the third nomination, which was Bruno Bozzetto's Grasshoppers to the post, but clearly the charm and warmth of Nick's creations had something special to them. Here's Nick's acceptance speech from the time. And the winner is 
Creature Comforts, Nick Park. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Ardman Animations in Bristol, England. Uh, that's Peter Lord and David Sproxton and all the team in, in, in Bristol. Um, also Channel 4 TV. And uh, thanks to Spike and Mike for bringing me here. Prior to the award success of A Grand Day Out, it was its first public screening at the Animation Festival, which was most important to Nick, as he was finally seeing the work he'd spent so long on being watched by an audience. The guest of honour at the Animation Festival was the famous animator Ray Harryhausen, who was one of Nick's childhood heroes, and he actually approached Nick after seeing A Grand Day Out and told him, I've never seen claymation so smooth. How amazing that must have felt to have such praise from an animation hero. Who knew what Nick would go on to do next? What do you think of that then, Gromit? For this week's review, I'll be looking at The Art of Ardman book, Published in 2016, this book gives a tour of the Ardman archives through photographs, sketches, storyboards and artwork relating to the family of characters created by the studio. It features original sketches done by Nick Park of Wallace and Gromit in their early days of concept right through to stills from the final film. One character study by Nick Park shows a moustached Wallace wearing a flat cap accompanied by a bounding Gromit with a big toothy grin on the moon having just exited their rocket. Energy exudes from the sketch, and Nick's style gives a real sense of movement in the frame. Another more comical sketch shows Wallace and Gromit in bed, presumably just woken up, and a sea of penguins completely covering the floor surrounding the bed, and Wallace with a rather surprised and shocked expression on his face. The book has so many high-quality images, enables you to really get an idea of how much attention to detail goes into every Ardman creation. My favourite part is probably the production stills of the sets, as you can spend ages looking at every pun on each sign, the textures of the materials, and the careful placing of each object in a set which you'd normally miss when following the action of a storyline with a focus on the characters in the scene. There are also images of props in larger-than-life form so you can really appreciate the care and skill that's brought them into existence. I love the range of finishes on the sketch that are included. Like there's one of the rocket, which is a lovely line drawing with a little coloration, and then on the next page is a full architectural design for an airship, complete with measurements, fixings and scale drawings of parts. If you're someone who doesn't enjoy things that are too wordy, but finds the craft of producing an animated film interesting, I would definitely recommend this book. Whilst there are lots of images that you would have seen in the films, there's loads more showing the concept art, sketches and ideas that came first in order to end up with the final product, and it's so fascinating to see. Uh, all's well that ends well, that's what I say. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Next week, we'll be looking at The Wrong Trousers, so keep your diamonds hidden safely and your train track to hand. Till then, goodbye. Uh, from me, uh, from Gromit, uh, from Arj. Au revoir, chucks.
and melted Gromit's nozzle. <laughs> 